So we try to educate our investors on this multifamily syndication deals across the border in the United States. And once we can really get the investor to understand our business model and the type of above market returns that they can achieve, they get really excited. But by the time that we, you know, from the first day I meet somebody, I personally get on a call with them. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Ava Benasaki. Today, we're talking about, we're learning about an innovative platform system company that she built to help Canadian investors invest in U.S. real estate. It's not as easy as you might think it sounds. There are a lot of differences in corporate structures and laws and and investing goals and all those things that Canadian investors look for and want, you know, out of their investments overseas uh, in the U.S., although it's kind of weird to say overseas, but out of the country uh, in the U.S. And, you know, we have a mostly American listening audience or U.S. listening audience, right? And some of you out there, I know this because some of you have contacted me about this, might think about investing outside of the United States because it can be hard to find deals in the U.S., which is, I agree with that, it's not easy. But we need to remember that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. There's still a lot of opportunity in the U.S. We need to understand why folks from other countries still want to invest in the United States. So, you know, take some pride and, and keep looking, right? Keep exploring, keep looking for new investments that that meet your criteria, right? And remember that there still is a lot of opportunity within the United States. Investing overseas is great. It's all well and good. I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't do it, but if you're just seeking yield, you're just looking for opportunities, you can't find them in the U.S., keep looking, keep digging. You're going to find them. And if you're a Canadian investor, the water's warm, man. Learn how to do it. Learn what to look for. And I wish you all the best of luck in investing in the U.S. And we're learning about all those topics today. Really interesting conversation. Appreciate her joining us and I appreciate you joining us today. If you're new to the show and you use Apple Podcasts, you haven't done so yet and you enjoy the show, please take a second, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good. That gives me the, the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, look the show up, the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Hit the subscribe button. That way you'll, you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you don't know who I am yet, well, here you go. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I want to thank you for tuning in. This is a pretty unique topic we're discussing today and getting some important insights into the mind of Canadian investors coming to the U.S., looking for opportunities here in the United States. So without any further ado, here we go with Ava Benasaki. Ava, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I hope to add as much value as I can to your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking for a little while here. You have a really interesting business, and I think you've done a great job of, say, integrating other businesses in with yours to make it easier for Canadian investors to invest in the U.S. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us about a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, a bit about my background. I was a real estate agent, actually, for about 10 years, and I dealt with lots of real estate investors. Um, and I realized here in Canada, there's many pain points that exist uh, for real estate investors when it comes to making smart real estate investments, or passive real estate investments, if you will. So 
I pivoted my focus uh, to real estate, private equity, um, multifamily syndication, um, where I co-founded CPI Capital about a year and a half ago. It's a uniquely innovative company that allows investors to invest in institutional multifamily opportunities that, you know, give all the all the goods such as being a passive investor, you know, getting above market returns, monthly cash flow and limited liability. Awesome. Well, I love the cash flow and the limited liability in particular. Now, um, one of the things I think is really interesting is here in the U.S., you know, uh, I get the question from time to time from other Americans about investing overseas because they don't know where to find the deals in the U.S., in your perspective, you're helping Canadians invest in properties in the U.S. And I'd like to address like why you would invest in the U.S. rather than in Canada or anywhere else. I mean, we all know America's great, but, you know, let's learn about why. <laughs> I'm just of course. No, America is the best. And I plan on moving there uh, very soon, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, being from Canada a couple of years ago, I was introduced and learned about this. Um, multifamily uh, apartment syndication, you know, also known as real estate private equity. Um, that's where there's these already built multifamily assets. There's a value add component. You go in there, you do renovations, you force appreciate the asset and you sell the asset in let's say three to five years. But the thing that blew my mind when I learned about this concept is this is not possible here in Canada where from the rents you collect, Okay, from the rent you collect, you're able to pay your mortgage payment, um, your taxes, all of your expenses, a third party property manager, and still be left over with enough surplus to give your investors preferred returns from day one. That's another term that you do not hear in Canada. Mm. So this this preferred return. So I was absolutely, my mind was blowing. And I said, wait a second. So I started learning about the business model because I, you, the numbers won't make sense here in Canada. Um, as it's very difficult to get cash flow and appreciation with the median home price being 1.3 million um, in the insane. greater cities. It's insane. And cap rates being one to 2%. So I've seen this significant problem that existed uh, for Canadians. And I wanted to find a solution to that problem. So I've seen what, what was possible on the other side of the border. And I'm like, you know what, I can, I can democratize real estate investing here, in particularly for investors all over, but in particular for Canadian investors. And what my company has done is we single-handedly developed a tax-efficient, compliant, streamlined investment process where retail investors can have access to vetted opportunities that my company vets and be able to participate without the double taxation with literally a click of a button. Awesome. Well, we love the streamlining. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like the taxation though, right? And, and you know, we have different structures here in the US. LLC is a pass-through entity, is all has a bunch of great features to it, but you're referring to double taxation. Can you tell us more about that and, and what kind of situation is that needs to be avoided? Of course, of course. So a lot of Canadians, you know, if they were wanting to invest directly into the US, okay, they'd they they hit a lot of red tape, if you will. They have to open an entity. And a lot of people think that opening an LLC um, in the U.S. is going to benefit them. LLCs don't actually exist here in Canada, by yeah. the way. Um, so that's one thing. Um, but essentially what happens is when you're investing across borders, there's the IRS that wants to get paid. And then there's the CRA, which is the Canada Revenue Agency that wants to get paid. So when you're making income, there can be a really big problem here. Now, what my company has done, uh, partnering up with obviously the best lawyers and cross-border tax accountants, is we've created a corporate structure, okay, where Canadians can invest directly into a Canadian entity. 
And we've set it up so that the flow of funds, when the funds come back from US to Canada, the relief from double taxation. Now, this is the cool part. There's a treaty that exists between Canada and the US. Okay. So what it says is it says the IRS says, I want I want my money from the capital gains. So there's a withholding tax that's done on, on the US side from my Canadian investors. And then when the funds come through, CRA says, okay, you've paid, let's say, 25% tax on your capital gains. No problem. You'll get a foreign tax credit here on this side of the border. But it's very important that people understand that you have to set up your corporate structure properly or else you'll be double taxed and it, it won't even be worth it at that point. Hmm, interesting. So okay. you get a tax credit over there. I, I understand and with certain types of tax credits in the US, they have a, a cash value. So if you're not going to take advantage of it yourself, you can just sell it off at a discount. Are folks really applying those tax credits? How are they using them? How are they using them? Well, essentially, and I'm sure you know this term, K-1 form. (laughs) It's the income that you've made on the the rental property that you have. Well, what happens is when the asset in the U.S. side generates a K-1 form and we we pass it along across the border, we convert it into something called a T-5013 slip. Um, It's a Canadian uh, equivalent version of a K-1 form. Um, And it states that it states the income made. So what happens is Canadian accountants who are dealing with your tax they do an intricate calculation and apply the foreign tax credit so that you're you're not paying a double tax. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I, I wonder about though is you know, you're in Canada, you're investing overseas, uh, so to speak, in the US. And when you kind of open that can of worms, well, you're kind of comparing the US to all of your other options. Shoot, you could go invest in Europe or you know, South America, Central America, or Asia kind of anywhere else, why pick the U.S. as opposed to, you know, anywhere else in the world once you're opening up the Pandora's box of going, uh, you know, out of the country? That's a really good question. Maybe because I fell in love with the U.S., maybe because I want to move there, maybe Mm. because I formed a really strong partnership with active operators in the U.S. Um, But you know what? Wherever there is a treaty uh, that exists where you can be relieved from double taxation, you could really go anywhere. Um, wherever kind of catches your eye. But for me, myself, it was the U.S. for sure that I there's just such a great opportunity compared to what I've been, you know, in the real estate market here for 10 years. So you, <laughs> I appreciate that. So you're saying about uh, the, the corporate structure that you had to set up. It almost sounds like if I'm reading between the lines a little bit, it almost sounds like maybe a fund structure or something. How would you uh, what's maybe the best analog that we might be familiar with? And can you tell us more about that structure setup? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, we, I guess you can call it a fund to fund structure. Um, Canadian investors invest into a Canadian entity. And then as one entity, we invest into the USLP. Yeah. So that's so, we yeah, you can call it a fund to fund structure. Hmm. Interesting. So. Sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, and then when the money comes back, we get paid as a lump sum into the one entity in, of, in Canada, and then I distribute to the, to the investors and invest into my entity. Mm, okay, okay. So are you, as a, a fund manager, effectively, are you able to, using that size, maybe negotiate a better position for the investors? Because there's going to be additional costs along the way, right? You're going to have to prepare the equivalent of K-1s for everybody and, and you know all of those things. Are you handling that? Are you able to get a bigger, a bigger piece of the pie or anything like that? That's a really good question, actually. That's awesome. You know what? Because we, um, this is this is a great question, and we do charge a bit of a fee, management fee, on this side of the border. 
um, keeping in mind, very, very minimal fee, mm-hmm. um, keeping in mind that Canadians, okay, when they, they're, this is going to blow your mind. Canadians are really excited when they can get a five to 6% annualized return. <laughs> I knew that, I knew that was going to blow your mind. So, yeah. so think of it this way. If I say, Hey, I'm going to charge you uh, this amount of fee to set up everything and bring you these opportunities that are going to get you 15, 20% annualized returns. No problem. So that's kind of how we deal with it. Um, just a minimal fee um, hmm. on this side of the border. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So are there any other, you know, aspects, things that you've had to deal with in getting this all set up? I mean, there's obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, but you know, differences between securities regulations in the U S versus Canada and, and things like that. What have you had to deal with in that manner? And, you know, kind of connecting the dots, if you will. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. So you're not only dealing with, you know, two different countries, but you're dealing with two different um, accounting, you're dealing with two different um, securities, as you just said. Here in Canada, we deal with the Canadians, we're overseen by the Canadian Securities Commission. Um, so first first things first, I took some time to educate myself. It was all about educating because as I was kind of telling you, the terminology is very different in US and Canada and the rules are different. And an accredited investor is similar um, exemption, but it is different. Here it's called the accredited investor exemption. So what I did was I just educated myself um, and yet follow the rules. Um, when it comes to raising capital, there's no third-party verification companies here. Um, so what my company did was we, we partner with something called an exempt market dealer. It's a person who's licensed under the Canadian Securities Commission, and they actually do the accreditation process for us. Um, so that's, a, that's kind of how we're, how we're managing, following the rules, and obviously staying compliant in everything that we do. Hmm. That's something that I find very interesting because uh, here in the States, uh, accredited investor verification services are, I wouldn't say dime a dozen, but they're not that hard to find. We have a, a lot of options to uh, to run that uh, kind of approval or verification. Yeah, I'm going to start a company, a third, <laughs> third party verification company. <laughs> make, make it a lot easier. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. So I think something that a lot of folks, not just Canadians, but Americans who invest from a distance can relate to is a question about evaluating you know, sponsors and deals. How are you handling that for, for your deals? I mean, you're in Vancouver, kind of invest from a, a, a pretty long distance. Plus, you know, for the last pushing two years now, we've been in COVID, which is restricted travel across the border and all those kinds of things. So how are you dealing with evaluating sponsors and deals from such a considerable distance? And then also, how are you communicating that with your investors to make sure they're comfortable? Yeah, very good question. Um, so funny enough, I have my business partner and I have about $100 million worth of track record, which is an important component to have here in Canada, but we didn't have track record in the U.S., right? Um, so it was very important for us to, you know what, initially when we started CPI Capital, we wanted to be the operator. I think everybody initially wants to be the operator and 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 realize that instead of taking on like this massive job with so many different moving parts, we realized that partnering with active operators would probably be the best bet. And that's experts that are right there, of course, because we're from Canada, they're boots on the ground. Um, so we just asked ourselves, you know, who should we partner with and, and who's going to kind of allow us to to get to know them, um, be very business friendly with us, you know, open their back end books for us to look at. Let us talk to investors that have invested with them 
in the past, but most importantly, had a really consistent, great track record where they did the full cycle of the deal. You know what I mean? They go from buying to value add to closing on an asset. And we wanted to partner with people that were going to be transparent, right? And understand that we're, we're coming we're coming in for, as a 51st state, I like to say, from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing our investors. We have our good name on it. And it's really a very up and close and personal relationship that you have to have with somebody because, of course, my investors trust me here. Um, I need to make build those relationships. So um, I spent about two years. Ever since I got in the business, I spent about two years creating those really strong relationships with active operators. And it can be very beneficial, you know, to create relationships with different operators because, first of all, we all know that you can't be in every place at once, right? You can't be an expert in every single region that there is. So creating these relationships with different active, different operators that are in different regions, what it did was it created deal flow for CPI mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what that did was that was, I was getting these deals across my desk and now I'm able to pick, cherry pick the best deal um, with these really strong operators that we've already vetted uh, for my investors. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's kind of how we did it. And throughout covid you know, thank God for technology and thank God for, for this online presence that we were able to create. Um, because as we were talking before, I can't even get to the U.S. right now if I wanted. In 14 days, I can. But it was just a lot. So that's that's kind of how we created those relationships. And then our investors here on this side of the border um, had confidence within us because we were able to show track record of, of you know, it being the business model being done over and over and over again. Mm. And as you build relationships with your, you know, investors, I suppose, what are you really thinking about in terms of um, information to present to them or, or what they, what might be on their minds when they're evaluating you know, your, you and your opportunities versus any other investment opportunity they might be looking at? Yeah, for sure. So we do a very, um, we have very close relationships with our investors. It's no literally all about no like and trust. So we try to educate our investors on this multifamily syndication deals across the border in the United States. And once we can really get the investor to understand our business model and the type of above market returns that they can achieve, they get really excited. But by the time that we, you know, from the first day I meet somebody, I personally get on a call with them, uh, get to know them, spend time on the phone. They ask me questions. We put them in our pipeline And that's by nurturing them through monthly newsletters. That's by nurturing them by, we bring on two uh, expert guest speakers onto our YouTube show, Canadian Passive Investing Academy. And yeah, and they watch, they watch the the possibility uh, that, you know, you can be a passive investor and build wealth while you sleep. Like it's just this exciting concept that not a lot of people understand, right? Because there's a really fine line that exists between um, as a real estate investor being an active one or a passive one. And a lot of people, you know, kind of view real estate investing as this active role where you have to do you know, fix and flips or, or the Burr method or continuously scale your, your rental properties. But little do people know there's this, this passive side too that, that you can really take advantage of. Absolutely. We have the familiarity through HGTV or the, you know, handful of rental property owners that we knew maybe growing up in, in our family or friends network. We didn't know how many options there were to be a passive real estate investor through syndications and everything else that's going on. I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? 
You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? In my, okay, the best investment I ever made was um, in myself. I reinvented myself as a, as a businesswoman, and, and that was the best investment I ever made. <laughs> a little different from a cash investment. <laughs> yeah. So in making that transition from being a realtor to what you're doing today, building your current business, if I understand correctly? Yes. Yes. You got to invest a lot of time in yourself, educating yourself, and really, really uh, getting yourself ready for, for taking on a role. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I love it. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Oh gosh, the worst investment I ever made was a Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that. I, a couple Louis Vuitton bags. I regret that ever since. Young and young and stupid back in the day. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Most important lesson I've learned don't try to do it all by yourself. Uh, partner up with somebody who's much smarter smarter than you from day one. Um, it'll save you a lot of time trying to figure things out and and making mistakes that you don't need to make. You know, be a copycat and 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 follow somebody who's successful at what they're doing and, and just copy them from there and you'll be successful too. Nice, nice. Success leaves clues. And it's important to keep that in mind. Thank you for joining us today. If folks want to reach out, they want to get in touch with you. If we have some Canadian listeners out there who want to invest in the U.S. and you can help them with that, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. To all you Canadians, you give me a call. Um, but they can get in touch with me. It's super easy to get a hold of. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So Ava Benasaki, or my email is ava at cpicapital.ca. Um, yeah, give me a call anytime. We can jump on a call, get to know each other and, and, um, discuss how I can add value. All right, great. Well, thank you for joining us once again to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment, leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts, uh, excuse me, Apple podcasts. 
Appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.